Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 106, hour number two of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the gang. Hugh's son, Damon, a junior A player. And I know that Hugh wanted to uh, send condolences on behalf of Digitex uh, to all of the uh, Humboldt uh, Broncos, uh, extended family members, and everybody that was affected by that horrific uh, tragedy. Digitex, 630 Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and printers. Their service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at big savings. You can visit digitexsupplies.ca. In this hour, from uh, Calgary Flames Radio Broadcast, Pat Steinberg from uh, Sportsnet uh, 960 Radio in Calgary. And uh, we will also have Craig Ellingson on. We just had Craig Simpson on. Craig Ellingson is the regional sports editor for Post Media. And they had quite the survey going in the Edmonton Sun over the course of the last uh, couple weeks that people uh, filled out. And they got a significant response to that. Do you want to mention uh, Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday on Oilers Now, courtesy of Horse Racing Alberta, which gets uh, started up again thoroughbred style May 5th. That's the same date as the Kentucky Derby down at Northlands Park. And speaking of Mark Spector, uh, and we're not, hey, we're having fun with Spec. He'd do the same. Uh, he had an interesting insight uh, yesterday on the Calgary Flames coaching situation involving Glenn Gullitson. Well, what we're, we're kind of waiting for a couple moves to get made. Like, I'm hearing that Gullitson in Calgary has been told he's there and he's not getting fired and he's going to keep that job. Okay. So that's one less opening than we thought we were going to see if that's how it pans out. All right, so he did say if that's how it pans out. Well, that's not how it panned out, and things happen once in a while as we head off to our River Creek Resort Casino hotline, and Pat Steinberg joins us right now. Pat, how are you? I'm good, Bob. How you doing? Good. I had to, I had to have some fun. If I, you know what, I've probably been right about 6% of my predictions over the last 15 years, so there's been lots of cannon fodder directed my way as well, like 94% of the time, but i got to ask you this. Were you surprised? that the Flames made the decision to well, uh, to fire Glenn Gulson. It's, it's 
funny you play that clip of Speck because, you know, I know that Speck's on your show every Tuesday. And so I was just happening to be listening yesterday uh, as as that happened. I was, I was tuning in because I'm actually uh, off this week from, from on-air duty. So I was uh, just tuning in, and, and so I heard him say that. I was, I, so I texted a couple of the guys. I was like, hey, Speck says that, that does, you know, he's here on the Dulles and Safe. And literally not about two minutes later, uh, we got the email that said that uh, this is going down because I was listening on a little bit of a delay. So it was actually it was actually pretty funny how the whole thing went. I felt so bad for smoking. It all happened to us. You get a you get a scoop and, and a source that says, hey, this is what I'm hearing. And then next thing you know, it goes the other way. But in, in terms of overall surprise, I was kind of anticipating ever since. Geez, I want to say the first time the Flames not making the playoffs kind of became a reality was after they they went on this they went on this seven game win streak in January, and after that seven game win streak ended, it kind of coincided with their CBA five day break. Pretty much after that seven game win streak, they could not get things back on the rails. So sometime in late January, early February, it became a pretty real possibility that them missing the playoffs could be a thing. And for people in this city, that was pretty unfathomable, knowing what the expectations were for this team. So, you know, that was when I first kind of thought to myself, all right, if they miss, knowing what they did in the offseason, what the expectations were, and just the overall kind of climate of things, I was kind of anticipating a coaching change. So... I wasn't expecting it to be yesterday. I wasn't waiting and saying, okay, well, Tuesday is going to be the day. But I was expecting it at some point, especially after Brad Trilliving last Monday, so eight days ago now, or nine days ago now, at his year-end news conference. Basically, his words were, yep, we've got a good coach, but we evaluate everything. And those were the exact same words he used two years ago when he was asked about Bob Hartley. And it took a little while longer. Uh, the Flames fired Hartley in early May. It only took about a week this time for the Flames to make the decision on Glenn Gullickson. But I was, that, that really didn't change my thought as to what was going to happen. So it was kind of like we were in this limbo waiting for the inevitable to happen. And, and so it happened yesterday. So, no, I don't know if there was a ton of surprise around Flamesland when, when that announcement was made. Pat Steinberg joining us out of Calgary, a uh, longtime radio host in that marketplace, uh, works on the Flames broadcast. I, I guess, Pat, from my perspective, like, Part of it, too, is you got to look at the coaches' contracts, right? Like, Gully had a year left in his deal. He was in on a three-year mm-hmm. deal. Not the same price point as Todd McClellan came into Edmonton because mm-hmm. there was a team that underperformed more than the Calgary Flames did this year. The Edmonton Oilers were a bigger disappointment. And, look, I, I'm working on the Oilers. I'm telling you right now, right, that it was a bad year for Edmonton. But Todd's got two years left on his deal, and Todd was coveted around the league by multiple uh uh, organizations. I don't know how much of a market there was for Gullitson when he was hired because I thought was Bruce Boudreau not in the mix in Calgary at one point, or is that was that complete mythology? Well, he, he was. The, the timing worked out as such that they fired Bob Hartley down here, and Bruce Boudreau was let go in Anaheim after they were upset. I think by or not upset, but beaten by I believe Nashville in round one of the playoffs that year. Yeah, and and so the timing was just so so coincidental that Boudreau got fired and then a couple days later we found out that Hartley got fired and so the speculation was certainly that Boudreau was going to be in the mix but we were told afterwards that Boudreau never even interviewed down here so so maybe he wasn't actually in the mix when it was all said and done um, 
Johnson, I don't know if he, there, there was a big market for him. You're right. I don't know if he was a, a highly sought-after guy that year in terms of coaching. He interviewed. Uh, there, there's a little bit of a history with Brad Trilliving and, and Gullickson. And you talk, you hear the stories about you know the, the way he interviewed and, and some of the things that got done for him to get hired. You know, Craig Conroy, the assistant general manager down here, uh, he, he went and did a, a huge mountain hike with Glenn Gullickson, and that kind of really helped put Gullickson over the top and that type of stuff. Um, so, you know, I don't know if there was a, a huge market for, for Glenn down here, but he came in and he did, he did make some, some systematic changes that I think were pretty significant with this team. This team went from, I know that the 1450, yeah, the 1415 season, I know that it was magical down here. They made the playoffs, uh, surpassing everybody's expectations for, under Bob Hartley, but you know, this team was a team that relied on, you know, blocking a lot of shots getting outshot and outchanced routinely and, and not really controlling play. And they missed the playoffs three years out of four under Bob Hartley by doing that. They transitioned into Glenn Gullison to a team that controlled the play far more often than not, got the, the balance of the shots and the shot attempts and scoring opportunities, and, and they turned into, I think, a much better systematic team and a team that is far more set to succeed in the NHL in this day and age than they were before. But, you know, they underachieved this year. And they went out in four games last year to the Anaheim Ducks in a series that, you know, they were outmatched in, regardless of how close the games were when it was all said and done. So when you make the playoffs one out of two years and don't want to play off the end and the expectations are at a certain level, um, then, then I guess you understand why a coaching change was going to be made. The, the thing that I come back to is if they think, as the Flames, that firing Gullitson and replacing him is the only thing they need to do and they don't need to look at anything else organizationally or how the uh, roster is built and made up, then I think they're fooling themselves. Uh, I, I think Glenn did some good things as coach of this team. I don't think he was the main issue as to why this team underachieved this year, but it's the easy move and, and the move that most teams will make when there is something to change. So now they have to hire the right coach, the right replacement, and they have to make sure they make the necessary roster adjustments because this team fundamentally was a pretty flawed roster last year for what they wanted to accomplish. All right, Pat, just a couple housekeeping items. Uh, Boudreau uh, did interview in Canada, not in Calgary, uh, interviewed in Ottawa, and as you would remember, Pat, uh, they weren't prepared to spend the money for Boudreau, yep. so he ultimately went to Minnesota. Uh, he is represented by Gil Scott, who also uh, represents the Eskimos general manager, Brock Sunderland. Uh, he has Barry Trotz as well. He has Todd Nelson. He has uh, Rocky Thompson, uh, several CFL players as well. He basically represents NHL coaches and CFL players and managers. Um, just uh, so before we get to what they have to do to maybe alter their roster a bit, uh, who do you think would be the top three candidates at the t- at this time from a Flames perspective for their coaching job? Top three candidates for me, I, as much as as much as I think Elaine Vigneault is a sexy name, but that people would say, "Well, he might go to Calgary." I don't. I don't see the Flames spending the money to bring in a guy like Av. He was at four million dollars a year reportedly in New York, and as a free agent, you know, he might not get the same uh, amount in the next spot he goes. But I think that his reputation is such that. Wherever he lands, he's probably going to be able to demand a high price tag. And the Flames just historically, you you mentioned Ottawa not wanting to pay for Goudreau. The Flames historically do not pay 
top dollar for their coaches. So I would say Elaine Vigneault, I would be surprised if they went down that road. So the top three names for me, there's the automatic connection with Dave Tippett and, and Brad Tree Living. Tippett's been out since he left the Arizona Coyotes. Um, and so he's been out for more than a year now. Uh, I think that he would still command a high price tag, but probably not as much as some of the other names that you might expect. So I think that he is a candidate. Uh, I'm not, I, I would say he would be the number three name on my list. The two guys that I think are very interesting. Number one, and his name has, has been connected here for quite some time, and it continues to be so. It's been thrown out numerous times in social media. Uh, we found out that he's out clause. Uh, expires on Friday in Carolina, and that is uh, Bill Peters, an Alberta product, and there's a lot of people speculating that he would be number one on the list. Doing a little digging uh, around the Saddle Dome yesterday, you know, I, I sure does sound like he is a guy that is, is very much in the mix. I know that sounds like he has a couple of contract offers out there, and from everything that I am led to believe, the, the Flames are one of the teams that have uh, at the, I don't know if they have a, a firm offer in, but I do know that they've inquired and, and have talked to Bill Peters, so he, he is definitely a, a name out there if he opts to A, exercise his out clause, and B, decides that Calgary is the place he wants to go, I think that he would be a candidate. And the other guy that I'm very interested in, and this is someone who was brought up by Elliot Friedman, I want to say more than a month ago, before the playoffs had begun, and he's a name that I've heard from some people that I trust. He's still coaching right now, and that's Barry Trotz in Washington. You mentioned him and, and his agent. He is a really interesting name to me, Bob, because he is out of contract at the end of this season. Washington is down in their series. This is a team that continues to have high expectations, and there's a lot of people who wonder that if Washington does not have ultimate success or, or get to spots they've never been before, if maybe Barry might be out of a contract, and there's a lot of people who make the connection of, of Trotz and the Flames as well. So the, the top three, I guess, would be Trotz, uh, Peters, and Tippett, but the two that I think are, are maybe separating from the pack, at least for me, would be Bill Peters and Barry Trotz. Well, Bill Peters played for Mike Babcock at Red Deer College late 1980s. Dan Baker was their star player, and I uh, frequent uh, Dan's downtown establishment 1905, and he's a big Bill Peters guy. Uh, Barry Trotz played for Wayne Fleming at the University of Manitoba after finishing up his uh, major junior career, so both guys Western Canadian. I'm surprised you didn't mention Daryl Sutter. Is that even an option there? I think, I mean, it's been thrown out by enough names. I know Darren Tiger threw it out yesterday. John Shannon threw it out yesterday. It's been mentioned by enough, you know, reputable names that we all trust, but I can't, I can't write it off. It, it, it seems, it seems so strange that Daryl left this team as general manager at the time. He left this team not under the greatest terms. He was fired. The appetite for Sutter and, and the way things had gone here was very, very, uh, People were not happy with the job that he had done. Um, but then he goes to Los Angeles as a coach and coach only, and look what he does. I mean, the guy, nobody can dispute how good a coach he is. Uh, you know, you talk to people who played for him here in Calgary, he was so ahead of his time when, when talking about possession metrics and tracking those types of things. Uh, he, was, he was doing it back in the early 2000s, a member of the Flames, when he was coaching this team. I, don't, I do not think it's out of the question, Bob, uh, and it's been thrown. I just, knowing, 
knowing how things were when he was fired and covering this team when he was let go in Calgary, I think maybe I'm a little biased about how surprised I would be if, if Daryl were to come back. But much stranger things have, have happened before. He is one hell of a coach. There is no disputing that. He now has the Stanley Cup rings to back those claims up. So I, I, I was thinking about putting him in my top three list. He would probably be right in and around the, you know, the Dave Tippett fringe. I, I think that he probably is a name that, that isn't out of the question at all. All right, Pat. Uh, I, I want to go down one more path, and that's to talk about the makeup of the roster. Uh, you know, when you're privileged enough to, to have jobs where you broadcast teams' games like you and me do, there's a perception that we have all the inside scoops on that team. And look, I, I've been traveling with the hockey team for 10 years, and I learn stuff every... Really? That I didn't... Geez, I didn't know that. You know, and yeah. and it's... You know, and there's also certain rules when you're actually physically on the plane with the team where you, you don't look behind you on the plane to see what the players are... But here's where I'm going. I always uh, bristle when there's a suggestion, well, oh, there's there's culture issues in that. I'm like, how the hell do you know there's culture? Yeah. Like, how would you pause? And so here, I think what's happened in the league now is the margin is so tight between, it's not like it was back in the 80s when, you know, Edmonton and Calgary, year in, year out, had two of the three best teams, and the bottom five teams didn't have one-tenth of the talent the ability. It's not like that anymore. So when you have bad things happen, uh, maybe you have a little bit of a, you know, too much, and I think it's tougher to play on Canadian teams. These things can spiral a bit. So I always get a little defensive when people start suggesting, well, there's, there's something wrong with the group, or there's something rotten with that core. So on that note, uh, and I, I guess give me some thoughts on on, on your perspective uh, with the Flames because I think there's a lot to work with there with that team. Well, it's funny you bring up kind of the the character and the, the mental toughness and, and that type of stuff, and, and it's something that's been talked about down here. And I'm I'm the same way. I'm, I don't. It's tough for me to sit here and tell you a whole lot about what Mark Giordano is as a captain inside the locker room because. Last I checked, they don't broadcast that stuff, and, and they've never let me in for a meeting. So I, I, I always, I always bristle a little bit at that stuff too. Um, and I know that stuff's been brought up. I know that the, the, this team did not respond very well to adversity at all, especially when the season was at its most important. This team in games when they would suffer even the slightest bit of adversity. They, they'd buckle. They would buckle, and, and it was frustrating to watch. And It was, I think, one of, if not the biggest reason why they ended up missing the playoffs in rather spectacular fashion. But when I talk about the roster makeup, yeah. I talk more about just the, the physical hockey player and, and, the, and the hockey makeup and, and what they have in terms of their skill set and their personnel on the ice. And I look at this team, and you're right, they have got a, a really strong core. You know, they've, they've got Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, who to me are, are the two no-questions-asked untouchables on this team. Gaudreau has emerged as an offensive superstar. Matthew Kachuk is in his now just two years in the NHL, is one of the league's most effective wingers. He, he along with Connor McDavid, in the two years that Kachuk have been in the league, they've led the league and drawn penalties. Kachuk has taken huge steps offensively. He is such a responsible, smart two-way player. That's a great Sean Monahan's a two-time 30-goal scorer now. He played the final 35 games of his season with an absolutely mangled wrist and still put up good point totals. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is uh, a 24-year-old defenseman who just led the NHL in goals from defensemen this year. So they've got a nice core of players to build around, and they've got a, a good nucleus. 
Now it's all about the totality of the roster. And the biggest area of this team, there's two big areas this team struggled with, but I would point the, the finger more so at management and say, okay, well, this is where there's some culpability there. Number one, forward depth. Yeah. They just don't have enough of it. They, they've got a great top six. They've got a good shutdown line with Backlund, Froelich, and Kachuk. Monaghan and Gaudreau make up a great pairing. But their bottom six was horrendous this year. They got yep. next to no scoring from their bottom six. Yep. Troy Brower and Matt Stajan and Mark Jankowski and Sam Bennett, these guys just weren't able to contribute the same way that other good teams need their bottom six to contribute. And I know they tried last summer to address it. They went out. They were not, not able to. They didn't get young players who emerged in training camps. So they went out and they signed a 45-year-old Yarmo Yager. And that didn't work out at the trade deadline. I know they tried. They were in on some things. But as opposed to being able to land an Evander Kane uh, with their limited resources and, and assets. They had to claim Chris Stewart off waivers, and they acquired Nick Shaw from the Ottawa Senators. And they weren't able to really address their bottom six depth in, in terms of the trade deadline either. So I do believe they're going to try this summer to actually acquire another bonafide top six winger because they are absolutely lacking in that area. And the number two is they, they did not have a proper contingency plan for their goaltending. Mike Smith, in his first year in Calgary, came in and for two straight years had missed significant time in Arizona with injury. He was 35 and 36 years old this year, and lo and behold, he missed 13 games at a crucial time of the year with a lower body injury. And and they did not have a contingency plan for the backup. Eddie Lack didn't work out. Uh, they let him go early on in the season. Neither David Riddick nor John Gillies, the goaltenders that they had with Black gone, were able to stem the tide when when Smith went down, and then when Smith returned, his play dropped right off the cliff, and he wasn't the same goaltender. So those are the two areas that I think fundamentally, from a hockey perspective, this team did not hit on, and they had some great blue line contributions. Their second pairing struggled after going and acquiring Travis Hamannick, but I still think there's a good chance that Hamannick works out as a second pairing guy for him. The two areas that this team did not address the way they needed to were goaltending and and forward depth, and it's an area that I'm fascinated to see what they do this offseason. Great stuff, uh, Pat. We enjoy you joining us here on Oilers now. We'll touch base down the road, okay? A pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That is Pat Steinberg out of uh, 960 Sportsnet Radio with Rogers down in Calgary. It is 126 in Edmonton. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates from Japanese Village, three locations, downtown Southside and Northside. You can text us at any time on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Ballow. When we come back, Craig Ellingson, he is the regional sports editor for Post Media. They did quite the survey and we're going to hit on that when we come back on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic. Hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.